Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, entitled, The Discipleship Decision Revisited. The story of William Borden's unobscured devotion to Christ and to the call of God to missions follows Jesus' definition of a disciple. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen as how this impacted William Borden and how it can impact you also. Here's Pastor Tim. One of the pastors that I had when I was in seminary, Bobby Moore, told us a story of him visiting a man in the church. This man had contracted a very sudden and severe disease. According to his age, he should have been in the prime of his life and in the prime of ministry. But now he's bedridden and cannot do anything. In that visit, he quoted to the pastor, John 9, 4, where Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. This man repeats that verse with great tears, knowing what he's missed out on throughout his life, knowing that he has lived a life of reserves. I'm going to build, <laughs> I'm going to build a great career. I'm going to build a great nest egg, and I'm going to retire early so that I might serve the Lord. Retirement is not promised for anybody. Your next day, your next breath is not promised. That's why Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming when no one can work. And the night's coming for all of us. Don't live. Don't live with reserves. Don't live with retreats. And number three, don't live with regrets. Disciples, no, no regrets. <clears throat> this third man appears to be an eavesdropper. Maybe he's close enough by that he's heard the conversation, both of man number one and man number two. And so he's the one now who approaches Jesus. Like the first man, and this time in verse number 61, the Bible says, Another one said also, Lord, I will follow you. And you can almost hear him, can't you? He's like that little suck-up kid in school. Lord, I will follow you. You know, Lord, I will follow you. Those other guys, they may not follow you, but I will follow you. But listen, he falls into the same but first trap, as the second guy did. But first, let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. The disciple doesn't get to determine what it means to be a disciple. The disciple doesn't define discipleship. The master does. It's not my timetable. It's not my terms. It's not my tasks. It's His. And please understand this today. 
God is not going to share His Lordship with you. He's not going to come and ask for your opinion. He's not going to take a poll on what He should do and what His will ought to be. He determines what is perfectly right. He determines what is absolutely wrong. It is my job then to yield to whatever he says. So maybe this man regrets not saying goodbye when he had a chance. Maybe, maybe when he left to go with Jesus in the first place, he just thought it was more of an excursion. This is going to be something I'm going to do for a few days. I'm going to follow Jesus the next time. And then I'm going to come back to normal life. This is normal life. It's not normal life out there and church life in here. It's just life. And you live it according to the Spirit of God. Those who are disciples have made the choice to make Jesus' priorities their priorities. To make Jesus' purpose their purpose. To make Jesus' primary concerns their primary concerns. Don't live with regret here because you're sure not to live with regret there. Somebody said it this way. As the soldier follows his general, as the servant follows his master, as the scholar follows his teacher, as the sheep follows its shepherd, just so ought the professing Christian to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That ought to be the normal. Denying yourself, taking up your cross daily and following Him. That's the normal life for a disciple. And so Jesus says in verse number 62, no one. No one. He already said when he offered the invitation, he said, if anyone, it's open to anybody. But now he comes and he says, but nobody who puts his hand to the plow. What does that mean? It means that when you heard the gospel, you said yes to Jesus. You grabbed a hold of him as he grabbed a hold of you. You grabbed a hold of that plow knowing that there is work to be done for his kingdom. When you said yes to Jesus, you put your hands on that plow. No one, having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No one living with regret like Lot's wife. Told by God in no uncertain terms, get out and go. And what did she do? She looked back with the regret, thinking about all the things that she had missed out on in life. I dare say that there are some folks that are in this congregation and certainly some that are watching at home who still feel like this life has something to offer you. These are the people who will say, yes, I want Jesus to come back. 
but not before I get married. Yes, I want Jesus to come back, but not before I have children. Yes, I want Jesus to come back, but not before my children graduate. Yes, I want Jesus to come back, but not before my children get married. Not before my children have children. We fill those blanks with all the things that life has to offer and think that somehow they rival or compare at all with the things that Jesus has prepared for you. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the imagination of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Do you know the Borden Dairy Company? Dina does. When she makes those pies, she still buys their, I don't know if it's evaporated milk or condensed milk. I'm glad she knows the difference. But William Borden was set to be the heir apparent. When he graduated from high school at the age of 16 in 1904, his parents gave him a trip around the world, fully expecting that when he came home, that he would take over the family business. What happened on that worldwide trip was William Borden saw the hurt of people and the need of people all around the world. He gained a burden for them. And he sensed God calling him to full-time missions. So he wrote back to his family and said, essentially, I'm not coming home to run the business. I'm going to be a missionary. Family and friends, both alike, wrote back to him and said, you are throwing your life away. Story goes that William Borden turned to the back of his Bible. He wrote two words in the back. No reserves. 1905, William Borden, after returning from his trip, enrolled in Yale University. At Yale, his call to missions was confirmed by God and even became more centralized and focused that he was to go to the Muslim people of China called the Kanzu people. He decided that's where he's going to go. When he graduated from Yale, not only did his father still beg him to come back to the Borden Dairy Company, but businesses all over America began to send him proposals to come and be the CEO of their business. To which he said no to everyone. And in the back of his Bible, he wrote two more words. No reserves. Instead, he enrolled in Princeton Seminary. At Princeton, his call was confirmed to him, and upon graduation, set sail for China. He decided, however, since he was going to reach Muslim, Christ- or Muslim peoples in China that he would stop in Egypt and try to learn Arabic. He wasn't there for very long in doing his studies when he contracted spinal meningitis. 
And within a month, 25-year-old William Borden was dead. All of his personal belongings were gathered together and sent back home. His family found his Bible and found that in the back he'd written two more words. No regrets. No reserves. No retreats. No regrets. That's the life of a disciple. In William Borden's journal, he continually wrote a passage that stands out to me. He wrote, Say no to self and yes to Jesus every time. Say no to self and yes to Jesus every time. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That's the discipleship decision. And every person in this room has got to make it. What are you going to do? Let's bow and pray. Would you simply acknowledge that before the Lord? To tell Him even right now, Lord, I understand that You have placed before me today a great, vital, fundamental decision about whether I will follow You or not. Would You give up everything that You have to follow Him? Would you give up everything that you can even imagine that you might have in order to follow Him? Would you, like Abraham, give up the things that are the most important, giving Him preeminence in deciding to follow Him? There may be somebody in here today who needs to give their heart to Jesus. Who for the very first time says, I need a Savior and I need a Lord. There may be some who have said, you know, I I do, I follow the Lord. Wherever He leads me, that's where I'm going to go. I would just confirm that decision with Him. Renew it. Like we sing sometimes, just say to him, wherever you lead, I'll go. And mean it in your heart. Maybe you make that decision, maybe for the first time today. Jesus, I will follow you. No matter what. No turning back. No turning back. Lord Jesus, you know every heart. Every mind, every thought, every action. Pray that your Holy Spirit would have rule in this moment. That you would move us as you would have us to move. Give us courage. Give us boldness. Give us resolve. In Jesus' name I pray. Stand where...
This year, at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.